Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this standing on a hill in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. Yep, still on this hill. Still love this hill. And I'll tell you something that's great. We've had a lot of rain and, and, and bad weather here in Southern California. Oh, poor Sully. It rained once. And you could see the mountains. Uh, you know, the big bear and all this beyond as I'm standing on this hill and looking beyond the Pasadena mountains. And you could see on the top there's snow. There's snow. If I just, if I, if I, was blindfolded here and you and you dragged me up here you took the blindfold off and you pointed me in this direction I'd say man am I in I'm in Colorado right now I am in Colorado but I'm not I'm in California quite different than Colorado different than or different from my mother will tell me soon my mother will tell me soon about any grammatical mistakes that I might make on the Southern Baseball Daily Podcast hey I want to talk about the Pirates you know, I'm, your pal Sully's a Boston Red Sox fan. I make no bones about it. My second favorite team's the Giants. Make no bones about that. I'd love to see the Oakland A's win as long as, you know, especially since they have a friend of the podcast, Sean Doolittle. Boom. But there are other teams that your pal Sully would really love to see win. Really want to see win a title. You know, the, the Indians are one of them. The... Uh, Mariners, they're another one. I'd love to see win a championship. Uh, I have a weird soft spot in my heart for the Marlins just to win a title this decade, just so they could keep winning one a decade and driving everyone crazy. But another team that I've talked about a lot and I think has always been a team that I've wanted to win ever since I was a kid are the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I did a whole podcast once where I realized that if I didn't have the, well, the, the predisposed and unintentional conditioning of loving the local team that made me a Boston Red Sox fan as I grew up in the suburbs of Boston, I probably would have become a Pittsburgh Pirate fan. The reason I say this is the first World Series that I ever watched and remembered was the 1979 World Series between the Pirates and the Baltimore Orioles, the We Are Family Series. I love I say that as if everyone knows what that means. They played a lot of disco, and We Are Family became the, 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 you know, the default theme song of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was really cool, and they were really cool. And they had these cool uniforms. It was just, they, they were a badass team. But the fact of the matter is the, the, the Pirates were the first team I ever saw win the World Series. Boom. And ever since then, I have gravitated towards them. When Barry Bonds emerged, along with Andy Van Slyke and Bobby Bonilla and Doug Drabeck and that team that Jim Leland managed in the early 1990s, I loved that team. I wanted to see that team win big time. And I rooted for him big time. 
against the Reds in 1990 and against Atlanta in 1991 and 1992. And when Cabrera got that hit off of Stan Belinda and Sid Breen came home to score, I was so devastated. I couldn't even talk. You would have thought I grew up, you know, in, in Wheeling, West Virginia, going to Pirates games every day. And I just loved that team. And the next year we went to Pittsburgh. I went to Three Rivers Stadium. And Three Rivers Stadium was a circular donut, concrete donut, that everybody belittled and besmirched. And even when I was there, I wound up saying to my dad, man, it feels like we're in the Steelers Stadium that the Pirates are allowed to play here for the time being. But it was still somewhat magical for me. In that lousy year for the Pirates, 1993, the year after they dismantled the team, and they were the nominal three-time defending National League East champions, but everyone knew they were done. What we didn't know was how long, how long we'd have to wait to see the Pirates be even above 500. And reading about the Pirates, and reading about the history of the Pirates, made me realize that me, the baseball history buff, would have been drawn to the Pirates more than just the fact that I watched the team from the little room that I watched the 1979 World Series on a tiny black and white television at our neighbor's home. That the history involving Honus Wagner and Pie Trainer, and I became fascinated with the 25 World Series when they beat the Washington Senators in a rainstorm and the obscure Red Oldham came out and got three future Hall of Famers, one, two, three, to clinch the World Series title. And the history of when Branch Rickey came over and took over the team in the 1950s and the arrival of Roberto Clemente and what that meant to that 1970-71-72 stretch with the Pirates where they had the, the first ever all-black and Latino starting lineup and the emergence of Stargell, the emergence of Dave Parker, the emergence of Doc Ellis and these wonderful players, colorful players. And, of course, what Roberto Clemente meant to baseball. All that leading up to We Are Family and leading up to Bonds and Van Slyke and Bonilla. Man, I just am drawn to the Pirates for whatever reason. And so, when the Pirates had a window of opportunity in 2013, 2014, 2015, in some of those years, especially 2015, they looked like a team that really should have done a ton of damage in the postseason. After all those years of failing to even make the even forget the postseason, failing to make 500 from the Francisco Cabrera hit to 2013. I mean, that's a generation. That's 21 years. You would have been using the rule of seven. 28-year-olds had no memory of a pirate team with a winning record. You could have been born the day that Francisco Cabrera got the hit, and by the time they're in the playoffs, the next time following that, legally buy a beer. I think about that 2013 team. 
finally putting a team into the postseason. They defeated the Cincinnati Reds, took a two-game-to-one lead in the division series, and had a runner on base. They were trailing by one in game four, and Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. I remember watching that game and seeing how bananas Pittsburgh was at that point. A city that has had success in sports recently. Steelers won. Penguins had won. Both of them had won multiple championships. And the Penguins have won since. But the idea of the Pirates, and you saw kids there experiencing something new that probably hadn't occurred to them that the Pirates could be any good. And McCutcheon up. And I was thinking that, man, if McCutcheon gets a hold of one here, if he parks one into the seats, then the Pirates are going to move on to the NLCS. They were one swing away from doing just that. And they would have faced the Los Angeles Dodger team that I think they were better than. And they would have played the Red Sox, and I would have been in a weird quandary because I would have been so emotional to finally see the Pirates in the World Series, but they'd be up against my beloved team. Ah, who am I kidding? I would have rooted for a Red Sox sweep. But that's neither here nor there because McCutcheon was retired. And in 2014, they faced the buzzsaw that was Madison Bumgarner. And in 2015, where they probably had their best team, they probably, I, I absolutely certain that if they had won that one game playoff, that one game wildcard game, I think they would have beaten St. Louis, I think they would have beaten the Mets, and I think they would have won the pennant. Now, would they have beaten the Royals? That I don't know. But I think going into the playoffs, they were the strongest team in the National League. The problem is they faced Jake Arrieta, who was the strongest pitcher in the National League at that point. And man, it must have pissed off Pirate fans when the Mets teed off against Jake Arrieta in the playoffs. Thinking, damn it, where were those runs? And so last year, they went back to their losing ways. Like the movie Awakenings. When the patients who were frozen in time woke up temporarily. Now they're a franchise at a crossroads. They're coming off a 78-win season, and they're superstar, MVP, the person I thought was going to have a monster year last year, Andrew McCutcheon, in a real, real downturn in his career, it appears. What are the Pirates? You know, it's important to win when you have the window of opportunity. The lesson that the White, the, the White Sox, the, the, I meant to say the Nationals, did not learn when they didn't bring in, they didn't start Strasburg and they, their starting pitching got lit up in the playoffs against the Cardinals in 2012. Yeah, that's going to ho hover over this team until the Nationals win. Just like Francisco Cabrera hovered over the Pirates all those years until they finally put a winning product on the field. Now the Pirates took care of business in terms of Hey, they put a winning product on the field three straight years. But a bounce here or a bounce there, hell, three extra wins in 2015 
and they win the division, they don't have to play Jake Arrieta in the wild card game. Three extra wins, and Pittsburgh probably has a pennant. Think about any game that got away. Any game like, oh, uh, just this one's going to slip by. Oh, the bases were already popped up. Three of them. And the Pirates probably have a pennant. And now they have to make some decisions. Are they a contender or are they not? Now they still have Polanco. They still have Cole. They still have Talion. They still have Marte. They have Bell and Glasnow are good prospects. They have Kevin Newman. They have Mitch Keller, who have ability. They're probably going to trade for Quintana of the White Sox to give them a little bit of pitching depth. But they're also probably going to trade Andrew McCutcheon and probably trade him now while he has value instead of if he slides. If he gets off to a really fast start, it may behoove them to deal McCutcheon even if the Pirates are in contention, which is kind of sad in a way because McCutcheon embraced being a Pirate. McCutcheon signed an extension. McCutcheon got it. McCutcheon understood where he stood in this franchise and said, like, hey, let's go win. Let's go win here. McCutcheon became one of my favorite players in baseball because, A, he got it. He understood it. He understood his role. And he understood where he would slide in to the history of Pittsburgh. And alas, he may wind up being a Nomar Garcia Parra type figure. Nomar got it, understood his role with the Red Sox, but it got to the point where injuries and uh, uh, you know declining health and and basically realizing his 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 stay was. You know, he overwelcomed. Uh, what's the phrase I'm using? He overstayed his welcome. Thank you. They traded him off, and he wasn't there for the glory. And that may be the case here. There are good players on the Pirates. And do you know what? A big chunk of it came from a terrible start and their terrible record against Chicago. You know, there was a lot that went wrong in 2016, and yet there was still a lot of talent on that team. And there were points in the years where it looked like, all right, the Pirates are getting off the mat. The Pirates look like they're back on their winning ways. And then they go on a slide. And then they fell out of contention, and they wound up with a losing record. If they got off to a hot start last year, instead of a cold start, who knows what would have happened? I picked them to win the division last year. I had so much faith in their talent, and I had so much faith in McCutcheon. But it didn't happen. And now we're at a really, really potentially frustrating part of Pittsburgh Pirates history. Because if this is indeed a slide, and not just a one-year burp, teams can have one-year burps. Remember, the Cardinals had a losing season or two in the late 2000s before dusting themselves off and getting back into the playoffs. It happens. Sometimes it happens. You know, you have a, you have a down year, then you, you dust yourself off and you bounce back. You know, the Nationals looked like they were going to win every division title from here to kingdom come, but you know what? It doesn't always happen. They have a little dip. 
in between one of the World Series years for the Giants. I think it was 2013 or was it 2011? One of those years. No, it was 2013. They had a losing record. Won the World Series 2012, losing record 2013, won the World Series 2014. You can have a little dip. Ah, man, just things didn't work out for that one year. If that's the case with the Pirates, then the Pirates are in a very interesting position going in to 2017. If there's any letdown with the Cubs where everything went right last year, yes, I know there were injuries and everything like that. Every team has injuries. But they won 100 million games last year. I think they went wire to wire or pretty damn close. And they went on to win the World Series. A lot of teams, even those look poised to win four or five World Series in a row, find themselves, uh, they find how difficult it is to get back. Think about all the, the teams that look like they were surefire pennant, back-to-back pennant winners and everything. We've only had the Phillies and the Rangers recently as back-to-back pennant winners. You know, not even the great Cardinal teams recently can do that. If there is a letdown with the Cubs, maybe the Pirates could be a team that sneaks into the postseason. Maybe they get in there and don't have to face an Arietta or a Baumgartner. Or this could be the beginning of the end. And McCutcheon has to go and they have to go off and try to rebuild with really only one postseason victory, you know, to, to show for three straight trips to the postseason, and that being the wild card game against the Cincinnati Reds, of which you'd have to go back and think, you know, when I did the, the suffering index, the Pirates were super high in the suffering index, and a big reason had to do with the do-or-die games they lost. Those two wild card games I just brought up, the game where McCutcheon was one swing from clinching that, I brought up Cabrera. I didn't even bring up the 91 National Championship Series where Van Slyke hit a deep drive that would have been a pennant-clinching home run that hooked foul. There are a lot of things. Bounce here, bounce there. And the Pirates would have many, many more titles to hang on their history besides 1909, 1925, 1960, 1971, and 1979. And yeah, I did just do that from memory. Because I love the Pirates. There's something about the Pirates I really love. I love that they stayed in Pittsburgh, even though there were many, many reasons for them to move and opportunities for them to move. They almost were the Denver Pirates at one point. I love the history, the superstars who have played for them, many of whom have had postseason glory there. And two of their greatest players they've ever had, Barry Bonds and Andrew McCutcheon, not been able to get into that World Series. So, look it. I'd like to see the Pirates do really well this year. Hell, I'd like to see a Pirates-Indians World Series. I think that'd be great. I'd be happy with no matter who wins that. But, alas, this is a year where the Pirates have to take a good, long look in the mirror and say, what are we? Who are we? Are we a champion? Are we a contender? Or are we going back to the old days? And if it's going back to the old days, they better make that decision pretty quick to pull the trigger and the rebuild. They better pull a Chicago White Sox and say, then get us all the best young players we possibly can because we're not doing another 20-year rebuild. 
No siree. I would love to see Andrew McCutcheon be a pirate for life, but I know and you know that's not going to happen. But I would like to see another October in Pittsburgh. And you know what? This time, I'd like it to be longer than just one game. So go to sollybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Standing on a hill in California talking about Pittsburgh. You know, like you do. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.